Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast at any time, come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. More details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. Now we're going to continue our Sunday Sunday evening messages and we're going to work our way through the series on the life and the journey of Peter as he sought to be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ because isn't that what we want to do as well? The theme is Peter's pilgrimage of faith and today we're talking about Peter and the church face opposition and that's happening right now. Have a look around you. The church is facing opposition, and quite often, it's actually from within the church. It's not from in the world. The scripture which we'll work through today is Acts 5, 29. It says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Isn't that the truth? And the scriptures we'll work through today are Acts 1, sorry, Acts 4, 1 through to 30, and Acts 5, 17 through to 42. Now Christians, by the very fact that they are Christians, you know, creates a few issues. By the very fact that they're Christians, we're standing in reproach to evil. John 3.20 says, For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come into the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Jesus said in John 5, 18 through to 20, If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. The servant is not greater than its Lord, or than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they shall keep yours also. And then Jesus warned the disciples in John 16, 33. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the Lord's final Beatitude promises a great reward for the disciples who suffer persecution for righteousness' sake. That's in Matthew 5, 10 through to 12. If you think the church and the world are going to get along, and you think life's going to be easier in these coming days, you have another thing coming. We are facing opposition by the authorities. Have a look at Acts 1, sorry, Acts 4, 1 to 4. Peter and John preached to the people. In the portico called Solomon's, it says in Acts 3.11, Peter affirmed that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his son, Jesus, in the healing of the lame man. Peter charged the people and their rulers with the death of the Prince of Life when they shouted for Pilate to release a murderer and crucify Jesus. Peter and John were arrested by the authorities and thrown in prison for the night. Have a look at what's happening in Victoria with their conversion therapy laws that they're trying to race through this week. Let me assure you, 
there will be persecution. The group who arrested them were the priests and the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, tells us in verse 4-1. The priests were probably the high priests. The captain was the officer in charge of the temple area. The Sadducees were the powerful, powerful political party, the religious party who dominated the council, or the Sanhedrin as it was known, which was the 70-member ruling body of the Jewish nation. They compromised themselves with the Roman conquerors. This is happening within our churches today. Where were our churches when gay marriage was brought in in Australia? They were quiet. Very few spoke up. Our Uniting Church friends, our Anglican Church friends, our Catholic friends have accepted it. The authorities arrested Peter and John for preaching the resurrection of Jesus. The Sadducees were probably questioned by their authority to teach in the temple as they had that of Jesus a few weeks earlier. Look at Matthew 21, 23. They were also troubled by the popularity of this movement with the people. Let me assure you, Christians preaching the Bible are going to be persecuted. If you're preaching a resurrected Christ, you will come against people. On trial before the Sanhedrin, the next day, we're looking at Acts 4, 5 now, Let's look at it. The Sanhedrin before whom Peter and John were brought to trial had mostly the same body that consent condemned Jesus. Here they were in front of the court who sent Jesus to death, the ones that wanted him dead. They were all there, the rulers, the official representatives of the people, the elders, the older men of influence and position, the scribes, the copiers of the scriptures who became expert interpreters, Annas, the former high priest, whom the Romans had replaced with his son-in-law Caiaphas, John the son of Annas, Alexander whose relative is unknown, and other kindred of the high priest. The high priest's family were there, and Peter and John were facing them. They led off the inquiry by asking, probably in an angry, scornful way, by what power or by what name have you done this? How could men such as yourselves, who have no rabbinical training, perform this healing? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke boldly in verse 4, 8 through to 12. Jesus fulfilled his promises in Matthew 10, 16 through to 20 and Luke 21, 12 through to 25. Peter preached to the Sanhedrin the same sermon he'd been preaching to the people in Solomon's portico of the temple. And the Sanhedrin made a decision. They were amazed by the boldness of Peter and John. They knew these men had been with Jesus and could testify that it was really he who was alive. They could not deny the miracle. By a great leap of logic, they determined to do by law and by force what they could not do by reason. And the response of Peter and John is in Acts 4.19. It's fantastic. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, you judge. For we cannot speak of the things, sorry, but we cannot but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. 
This was but one of many occasions when a government has sought to legislate religion. The Sanhedrin was saying, in effect, keep still and we will not harass you. But Peter and John could not keep still. They could not keep quiet. Truth must be proclaimed. Experience is a divine imperative. No law can silence the gospel. The Sanhedrin threatened them and, and let them go. It says, and being let go, they went on their company and reported to all that all the chief priests and elders had said unto them. It's in verse 423. Christian fellowship is wonderful. How praying Christians must have encouraged John and Peter. Their prayer in Acts 4, 24-30 is remarkable. They did not pray to be spared from persecution as we do today. They prayed that with boldness they might bear their testimony. <clears throat> and sometime later, while the apostles were preaching in the temple, the Sadducees arrested them. It tells us that in Acts 5, 17-42, and on this later occasion, the officers beat them, commanding them that they were not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. As we finish up today, no person or group of persons, ecclesiastical or civil, has any right to command a person to do something contrary to God's will. Religion is a personal concern between each person and God. Romans 4.12 says, So then let every one of us shall give account of himself to God. When government says, or stays in its appointed sphere, when it stays where it should be, there is no conflict between religion and government. No conflict between the obligation to government and the obligation to God. Jesus' great words, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, implies that one ought to be able to be a good Christian and a good citizen at the same time. Whenever government steps beyond its bounds and commands disobedience to God, which is happening in certainly New Zealand, more than likely in America, and it is happening in certain parts of Australia, Christians can do nothing but reply, we ought to obey God rather than men, as it says in Acts 5.29. My challenge to you today is to stand up for your faith. If you are truly a born-again believer in Christ, stand up for your faith. Stand up for God's word. And I want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. You have to read it for yourself. Many people that are teaching on, on Facebook and on YouTube aren't teaching the Christ of the Bible. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him, and he can make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God, you know that. But you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. 
Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Until next time, stay in the blessings.